Welcome to the Prospect League Podcast, the podcast for the past, present, and future of the Prospect League, the home of elite college baseball players from across the country. I'm Lucas Burris, back for another edition of the Prospect League Podcast as we have finished off the first half of the 2023 season. It's over. We have crowned four first-half divisional champs. We have a lot to talk about on this episode of the Prospect League Podcast. So thanks for joining me for this week's episode as we're sitting here on a Monday before the start of the second half of the season. It all starts today on Monday, July 3rd. The records reset and we redo it. There is not too much to look at in the first half instead of when you preview a game, you're looking at what happened. But in terms of records, it's all but done. We are 0-0 for everybody, including our division champs. Now their second half record really doesn't matter too much other than their opportunity to host the second and third rounds of the playoffs because overall record comes into play in the playoffs in the prospect league, but they will host those games in the first half of the in the first round, I should say, of the Prospect League playoffs. So let's look at who those first half champs are. Let's dive right in to this week's standings. We are going to recap the entire first half standings in the Prospect League. These are the final official first half standings. Let's start in the Eastern Conference with the Chillicothe Paints in the Ohio River Valley Division as the Paints pick up that division title in the Ohio River Valley with a 22-9 and record. They went on a 12-game winning streak to pull ahead in that division. They ended up losing the last game of the first half, but they just absolutely started to run away with this one, just inching ahead of the Lafayette Aviators at 16-10, and 10, then the Johnstown Millrats at 12-17, and 17, and the Champion City Kings at 10-19. and 19. But the Paints take this with a 22-9 and 9 record. They're tied for the most wins in the Prospect League, but they have three more losses than the best record. That's to the Cape Catfish, and we'll get to that. But the Paints do win this Ohio River Valley division in the first half, and they will host the first round of the Prospect League playoffs in Chillicothe at VA Memorial Stadium for the Ohio River Valley Championship game. So that's a one-game playoff. At the start of the playoffs, all these divisional champs will host that one-game playoff to start the Prospect League playoffs. But continuing with the Eastern Conference, let's look at the Wabash River Division as the Dans just sneak away with this first-half title as the Dans finish 16-11, and one game ahead of the normal Corn Belters at 15-12. and 12. Now, the Corn Belters were leading this division for a while, but the Dans went on a nice winning streak. They finished their last 10 games in the first half with a 9-1 and one record compared to 6-4 and four for the Corn Belters, and a 15-12 and 12 record is just not enough to finish and fend off these 16-11 and 11 Danville Dans who take the Wabash River Division first half title. Rex finishes in third with a 10-14 and 14 record. And the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes finish in last with an 11 and 16 record in the Wabash River Division. In the Western Conference, we move to the Great River Division as the Clinton Lumber Kings ran away with this one with a 16 and 11 record. They were the only team in this division to finish above 500, even though they had a slow end to their second half. It didn't matter; they were clinched about, I would say, five games before the end of the first half. So Clinton pretty much ran away with this one in the Great River. They were almost wire to wire as well as the top spot in the Great River Division. So they will host that Great River Division championship in the first round of the playoffs. But the Quincy Gems do finish second with a 13-15 and 15 record. The Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp finish third with a 12-15 and 15 record. And the Burlington Bees finish fourth with a 10-17 and 17 
records. So this division was all Lumber Kings, so it'll be up to those three teams in the second half to see who can pull away and hopefully finish above 500 in the second half of the season. And finally, that Prairie Land division. We knew it was Capes for most of the season after their 12-0 start, but it got a little interesting in the middle half, but Cape really pretty much ran away with this one. Their 22-6 and record is still the best record in the Prospect League, and they capture that Prairie Land division title over the O'Fallon Hoots, who came up, finished above 500 at the season, but a 12-15 and record, just not enough for the Hoots, who finished in second place. Then the Thrillville Thrillvillies finished in third with a 12-13 and record. Jackson Rockabillies are in fourth with an 11-18 and record, and the Alton River Dragons are in fifth in this five team division with a 9 and 17 record so a little slow for the end of the first half for a lot of these teams the best record over the last 10 games was six and four for Cape and O'Fallon but you know this division has a lot of fun stuff that can happen I mean the Alton River Dragons finishing in last place in their division after losing in the championship game in the Prospect League last year so it's gonna be a fun second half for all of these teams as the all of these teams are just looking to figure out what they can do as we move forward uh, with these all-division champs. They're out. They've done what they need to do. Again, they're going to look at overall record to see if they can continue to host as the playoffs continue. But they know they'll host at least one game in the playoffs with their first-half title. So it's going to be up to every other team and all four of these divisions to see who's going to have to travel but be able to make those playoffs in the second half. So here's how the playoffs work in the prospect league. We're talking about the first half right now. So it's just the first half champion. That's all that matters. First half champion. They have won. They will host the first round of the playoffs. In the second half, it's just the second half record. We don't look at overall record in the second half. So in the second half record, any team that finishes in first that wasn't a first half champion will make the playoffs. They'll be crowned that second half division champ. But if one of these first half champions does finish in first place in the second half of the season, the second place finisher in the second half will face that team uh, in the Prospect League playoffs in the first round as well. So that's how it works. So the first half second place winner doesn't matter. It's all about the second half now. So the second half second place winner, if the first place winner also finishes in first in the second half. If that's not a mouthful, I don't know what is, but that's how it works here in the Prospect League. So that's what you need to know. And then we do three rounds of a playoff. We do the division championships, which is four game, the conference championship, which is two games, and then a three-game series in the Prospect League championship between two teams. So that's what you have to look forward to at the end of the season. But that is the recap of the first half division standings here in the Prospect League. So now let's look at the team stat leaders. Now we'll start with the pitching side of things with two big interviews on this Prospect League podcast this week as well. We'll talk to our armcare.com pitcher of the week and our baseball notes bulletproof hitter of the week as always here on the Prospect League podcast. We'll start on the pitching side of things. Let's look at the pitching stats in the Prospect League. Starting on the team side, the Cape Catfish lead the league in least runs given up. They have 107 so far this season in hits. That goes to Rex with 207 given up so far this season. For walks, back Back to the Cape Catfish, only 115 walk ish, walks issued so far this season. In strikeouts, the Cape Catfish have 251 on the mound for the most in the Prospect League. And in the ERA, it's the Cape Catfish with a 3-6-1 ERA. So Cape's doing a lot of really good things in the pitching side of things, leading in four of the 
or five of the six categories that we're really interested in here in the prospect leagues in terms of the team pitching side of things. But on the individual pitching side of things, not too many capes that pop up, but we do see one that's Dylan Peck in wins. He's got five now in a season to pace the prospect league, the only man with five wins so far this season. In saves, that's Zach Zabrowski for the Aviators. He's now got eight on the season. In innings pitched, it's Gabe Phipps for the Champion City Kings. He's got 31 and a third innings of work so far this season. In strikeouts, it's Ryan Daly from the Thrillville Thrillbillies and Sebastian Gonzalez from the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp, both with 43 strikeouts on the season. In earned run average, that's ERA. Sebastian Gonzalez from the Pistol Shrimp now leads the league with a 1-2-7 ERA. And in strikeouts per nine, it's Sebastian Gonzalez as well from the Pistol Shrimp with a 13-6-6. He did not pitch this last week, but he still leads the league in ERA and strikeouts and strikeout for nine. So it's been really good for Sebastian Gonzalez for the pistol shrimp. But on the team side of things, we really look at the Cape Catfish who are pacing the league in most of these categories. But that will take us right to our first interview for the Prospect League podcast this week. We're going to talk to our armcare.com pitcher of the week. That's Dan Merkel for the Johnstown Millrats. He was just fantastic this week with two games, 15 and a third innings of work, a 1-0 win-loss record, no earned runs, seven hits, four walks, and 19 strikeouts for a 0.00 ERA for Dan Merkel and the Johnstown Millrats. Let's head to that interview with Dan Merkel. Dan Merkel, welcome to the Prospect League podcast, the reigning armcare.com pitcher of the week here in the Prospect League. Dan, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I think we're excited to have you here after the week you just showed off last week. But, you know, first thoughts, how you feeling? How uh, has the season been with the Mill Rats so far? Uh, Been pretty good so far. When I first got here, got on a five-game winning streak. It was all good. I mean, we're struggling a little of late, but I think we're going to turn it around, especially come the second half and hopefully make a push for the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I would think that you're going to be a big part of that as well, given the week that you just showed off um, this past week. I mean, it wasn't much of a um, tough decision when we looked at your stats this past week at deciding who we're going to name as our pitcher of the week this week. I mean, you just had an excellent two starts in that week as well. We'll get to one of them, but just in total, you know, how has the season gone for you? Your season stats are fantastic as well. You know, what has been working so well for you on the mound to start this season? Um, I mean, I've just had like, much better control than I usually have. I mean, especially with the location of the fastball. I mean, I've been able to land my off speeds in all counts. And I think it just makes it really tough for hitters to have to worry about three different pitches that I can throw at any time. And I think that's just, it's really tough when any pitcher has all three pitches working. And I've been lucky to have that pretty much all season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about that start against Champion City, Dan. It might be the most impressive start I've seen in my time here in the Prospect League. What happened in eight and two-thirds innings with 14 strikeouts against Champion City? Like, what went so well for you on the mound? Man, I mean, I think it all just started from, like, warm-ups. I mean, I felt like I was, I felt like I was throwing pretty hard. Me and Lance kind of had a plan going in. We had seen these guys a lot. We knew most of the hitters. And my bullpen went really well, and then... The fastball just kind of – I felt like I was getting – I'm a pretty low arm slot guy, but I felt like I was getting some pretty good carry on the ball, which is it's kind of deceptive to the hitters because they kind of expect my ball to run in. So I thought that was really good. I was getting, I was getting like, swings and misses over bats, and then I just had, like, excellent command of my slider and changeup, which is – it's rare usually that I'll have such good command of all three, but 
I was throwing it. I was throwing sliders to righties and lefties, changeups to righties and lefties, and everything was just down. It was. I was pretty much able to locate anything. I mean, Lance was calling an amazing game. The umpire was on our side. I mean, because I was just all around the zone the whole game. It's just it was like the stars aligned and everything was just perfect that game. The defense was awesome. Didn't need him too much. <laughs> but uh, you did really well in that game. We're not going to go away from it yet. I mean, you almost had that complete game, and I think that's the only thing taken away. The pitch count just came up and, and bit you a little bit at the end there. But it's the deepest start this season. It's the most strikeouts for a pitcher this season so far. You only gave up one hit and no walks. I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but, like, what's going through your mind as that starts progressing and you're like, What's going on? Like, are you just continuing to stay focused? Are you in a tunnel? Or, you know, at some point, did you, like, take a step back and was like, this is kind of ridiculous? I mean, from from the start, I was like, all right, this, this is going pretty well. I mean, <laughs> in the second hitting, in the second inning, I hit, a, I hit a guy with a slider. So I was kind of upset about that because I knew I lost the perfect game. But that, like, I mean, at the time, I wasn't thinking about a perfect mm -hmm. game. But it kind of just took the pressure off as each inning kept going, kept going one, two, three, one, two, three. And I was like, oh, this is this is going really, really well. And then come the sixth inning, I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I still have a no-hitter going? Because we had also thrown a combined no-hitter the game before. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, am I, am I going to really do this? And going into the seventh, I knew who was coming up. I knew one of their better hitters was coming up. And I thought I was going to try and go up and in on him, like get in on his hands and left it just a little too middle, made one mistake, and he got the hit, but credit to him. Kid's a very good hitter. Yeah, and I mean, you talked about a little bit how you felt good from your bullpen. You hear from some pitchers who go out and throw a perfect game or a no-hitter, how they just felt terrible in their bullpen session, and they go out there, and they just toss. So for you, you know, have you been feeling good from, you know, start to end and pretty much most of your starts this season? Have the bullpens been good? Have you been feeling good? Uh, my last start against Chillicothe, I didn't feel great. I didn't necessarily have my changeup as much as I wanted to, but I was still out there, still able to go out there, fill up the zone with the fastball and slider. And then I started to figure out the changeup later, but I'm usually a guy who likes to feel good in my bullpen. But, you know, if I am if I don't have my stuff that day, I'm just going to battle through it and just try to limit walks is mostly what I do. Yeah, Be aggressive. Still, so. still had a very good start against Chillicothe as well. So I think, you know, it's been a good season for you, but getting back to kind of that team element of what you've been looking at this season as well, or, you know, with Johnstown this year, you know, Chillicothe just clinched that division, but you know, what is the vibes of your clubhouse right now in terms of, you know, feeling good for the second half or, you know, how good has it been here in the first half, just getting around that team uh, in uh, Johnstown? I mean, spirits are still high. We we know what we have. We know that where you have some really good players, really good hitters, and some really good pitching. I mean, it just hasn't hasn't been clicking lately. But we know that the offense is going to come around. The pitching is going to be more consistent. And I mean, we're excited. We're, we're playing new uh, new opponents in the second half. We haven't played Lafayette in our division yet. We have a ton of games coming up with them. And I mean, we expect to take care of business in the second half. Yeah, and how have the Mill Rats been able to kind of set you up for success as well in this league? You know, going to the Mill Rats this season, have you felt good about, you know, what you've been able to um, come into in the Prospect League uh, for you to be able to have this kind of success? Yeah, I mean, everything that they gave me is great. I mean, the ha they gave me housing for free on the University of Pittsburgh Johnstown campus. Uh, we get fed well. I mean, I, the schedule is good. 
we have uh, access to, you know, gym memberships and stuff. And I just have everything around me that I think I need to succeed. And then I just have my own routine that I go through before I pitch. I throw every day to make sure that I'm keeping my arm healthy. And I mean, I, I like it here. Yeah. And coming off of your season, you know, at Wagner, what were your expectations kind of coming into um, this season with the Millrats? You know, what were your goals coming in now and kind of how have they shifted as the season has progressed as well? Well, I didn't have a great year at Wagner, but, you know, I I don't let that really bother me. My goal is to come in here and just – I had to work on things. From coming off of college, I knew that my slider wasn't where it needed to be. It was kind of popping out of my hand, and I started to develop a new slider that I hadn't gotten to use much in game, but now I'm starting to use it more. I think it's more straight out of my hand, and it's like a sharper, sharper kind of dive away from right-handed bats. And I think it's worked out really well. And I mean, my goal now is to it's to be efficient on the mound. I want to get as many swings and misses as I can. And I mean, hopefully just keep up the season that I'm having. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's the goal right now is to keep doing what you're doing on the mound. I, I just got a few more questions for you. We get to a little more fun stuff as well as we wrap up here. But, you know, looking at, you know, that baseball memory you just created that last few starts on the mound, you know, coming in or thinking back to your time, you know, what's that fondest baseball memory uh, for you over your career? Um, even if it's a, a little league city ball championship or it's something you did, you know, what strikes you as that favorite baseball memory for you? So I think we were 14. The travel team that I was playing for is called Molina baseball. And we were down in Florida for a tournament of, perfect game tournament called the BCS national championship. I think it was like 90, 90 something teams maybe. And we ended up being the team that won it all. Two guys from that team got drafted uh, out of high school. And that was just, that was one of the best teams. And the team we were playing against was full of like big power five commits. And I was just definitely one of the most exciting uh, tournaments and wins of my baseball career. Little bit of little bit of magic there for your team there. You 90 teams coming yeah. in on top. You know, looking at um as well, thinking about, you know, baseball and places you want to play and stuff. When you look around either this league or the country or the college or the MLB park, you know, what is that place that you can't wait or really want to play at or have that dream? You know, what is that field of dreams location for you um that you just want to play one baseball game in your career at um as you look at the landscape of kind of baseball? Um, probably in Yankee Stadium. I mean, I've grown up, I grew up in New Jersey, so I grew up a Yankees fan. And I think it would just be a dream of mine to like get drafted, get through the minor leagues and make a start for the Yankees. I mean, Volpe's living that dream now. Hopefully I'll be there one day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a few, there's a few different guests. We're getting closer to the East Coast now. We did these interviews last week for our Players League. We had two Midwest guys. Both of them said Wrigley, so I'm excited to hear a different place, but very historic still over there for the Yankees. All right, Dan, I just got one final thing for you, and I think it's a big thing that I like to let our players do here uh, after they grab a player of the week. It, it's thank yous or shout outs or whatever you can think of, of, you know, you've had a great season, you've had a great few weeks, you know, who's a shout out, someone that you want to shout out, someone that you want to thank um, for what's gone so right for you so far. Uh, I want to thank my parents, first of all, for, you know, letting me come out here uh supporting me paying for the things that i need 
And then all my coaches, Coach Noto at Wagner, Coach Devin, uh, our pitching coach, especially him because he he kind of helped me with my new slider and kind of just kept my head right the whole time that things weren't going well. And then Coach Sully and Coach Seth here giving me the chance, giving me the ball, letting me letting me pitch for their team. I just want to thank all my all my catchers, especially. All, all the catchers. That's a good shout out. I think most pitchers should just write that down. And anytime they talk, it's, I would like to thank all of my catchers. So that yeah, way you don't, miss, you don't miss any of them. All right, Dan, I hope we have another one of these conversations in the future, but you got to grab another uh, armcare.com pitcher of the week. But you had a great week this week, a fantastic outing. And I hope you have a good rest of the rest of your season as well. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks again to Dan Merkel from the Johnstown Mill Rats for joining me this week on the Prospect League podcast. He is our reigning armcare.com pitcher of the week, but that takes us to now the hitting side of things here in the Prospect League. Let's start on the team hitting leaderboards. In runs, it's the Chillicothe Paints. You're going to hear them a lot. They are pacing this league in a lot of the batting categories. They have 246 runs scored this year. They're also pacing the league in hits with 333 hits this season. They are not pacing the league in doubles. That goes to the Clinton Lumber Kings with 63 doubles this season, but they're back up there with triples as the Chillicothe Paints lead the league now with 17 triples on the season. They also lead the league in home runs with 26 home runs on the season, but going to walks and hit by pitch, that's the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. They lead the league in walks with 176 and the league in hit by pitches with 61. For strikeouts, that goes to the Danville Dans. They've only struck out 165 times this season as a team in steals it also goes to the danville dance with 92 steals on the base pass this season going to average we're back to the tilly coffee paints with a 322 team average on the season and on base percentage though we're up to the cape catfish don't see them too much in the leaderboards anymore but they're here with on base percentage still as a 428 on base percentage as a team and then in slugging percentage we're back to the chill coffee paints with a 479 team slugging percentage let's head to the individual stats now as we look and see a little more cape catfish head into this side of things as we'll start it off with the man who's been on these leaderboards a lot that's chris hall still leading the league in runs with 38 runs scored this season in hits it's justin carcini for the cape catfish he's got 44 on the season and runs batted in it's arturo disla from the paints with 45 runs batted in this season for doubles it's Borowski and and Holy from Clinton who have 13 doubles apiece this season and triples it's Miguel Vega from the Johnstown Mill Rats he's got five triples on the season and home runs Artillo Dizzo with the paint still leads the league with seven home runs that's the first half total for Arturo Dizla. so we'll see if anyone can hit more than seven in the second half of the season and walks there's a four-way tie now in the prospect league at 21 there's about five other players sitting at 20 as well so we have a race for who will walk the most times this league in the prospect league and hit by pitches that's sprawling from the shoes he's got 12 hit by pitches this season in steals we've got a two-way tie with shield from Rex and Horvat from the mill rats who both have 24 steals this season but in batting average we're back to cape with Chris Hall who's still hitting 436 on the season on base percentage Chris Hall 547 mark but into slugging percentage now Tim Orr from the Chilla Coffee Paints leads the league in slugging percentage with a 699 mark and that takes us right to this week's baseball notes bulletproof hitter of the week interview that's Tim Orr from the Chilla Coffee Paints our league leader in slugging percentage this past week he was just fantastic with a 385 average 10 hits three doubles two home runs nine runs scored 10 RBIs and a 1237 OPS we'll head right to that interview with Chilla Coffee Paint Tim Orr 
Tim Moore, welcome to the Prospect League podcast, the reigning baseball notes bulletproof hitter of the week. Tim, it's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. You've had a phenomenal season with the paints. You had a really good season last year as well, back in the Prospect League. Again, here with the Chillicothe Paints. You know, how are you feeling in this 2023 season so far? Obviously coming off a good week, but how has your season been so far? Feeling feeling good, you know. Uh Good to be back in Chillicothe again, knowing everybody. It's just a place of comfort for me now. And um, we got another good team this year and trying to go back to back. Yeah, absolutely. You're coming off uh, that big championship as well. We'll get your opinions on that in a bit. But diving into your hitter of the week performance, you know, really good week from you hitting uh, 385, grabbing a lot of hits, including a big home run as well towards the end of that week. You know, how did that week kind of lead up for you? You had a pretty good season going into that week as well. But, you know, how did, you know, everything kind of work together for you last week to make sure um, that you kind of seeing the ball the way you did? Um, well, I, I'd started out the week as I had two bad games in a row. I had two, two for games. So I think it kind of, um, was like a, you know, let's lock in, let's get it going again here. And, uh, you know, my coach gave me an off day. He's like, you're, you look like you're pressing pretty hard about this, you know, take an off day. So you don't, um, take it too seriously tomorrow. And then, you know, we'll get back on it and, um, you know, I started a hit streak after that. You know, I had two two hits a game after, and then it just sort of snowballed after that. Yeah, I mean, 10 hits in six games is pretty good for a week's worth of action. But, you know, take me through that big home run you had as well. You know, you had a few, you had two on the week, but you know which one I'm talking about there. Mm-hmm. You know, take me through that moment for you, um, kind of giving your team a victory in that one. Yeah, that was the, one of the weirder games I've played in as a a baseball player in general, not just summer ball. We had, I think we had, we threw three position guys and walked off the game. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been able to say that, but our position guys threw up zeros and they stopped scoring and we got a pretty good offense, you know? So uh, we knew we weren't out of it. And then we got a rain delay and that just added to every, you know, just added to it. Um, you know, and then we got bases loaded and a chance to win the game and I come up and all I, all I, all I needed to do is get the ball in the air. That's all I was trying to do. And, uh, it's sort of, so the ball sort of traveled a little further than I thought it was going. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say you got the ball in the air just a little bit on that one, but yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a pretty good season for you again another year with you here with the paints you're coming off a really good year uh, with Tiffin as well I mean you had above 450 with them you had a really nice year out there with Tiffin so kind of what were your goals coming into this season and maybe how they changed a little bit as the season has progressed as well but you know what were your thought process coming in what are your goals so far uh, and that you're still looking to do this prospect league season Uh, I'm looking to I'm looking to be ready for the fall Um, I'm going I'm transferring to Kent State in the fall so you know just wanting to wanting to be ready when I show up there and you know make a good first impression of it there yeah absolutely I think uh, best of luck to you at Kent State as well you you know that's a really good career at Tiffin but uh you know that's an exciting step for you as well but you know again this year with the paints you've been here before but what have they done so well for you this season to set you up for success you know even the last two seasons if you want to talk about that but what has been so good for you uh down there in Chill Coffee uh, I mean, I think we get good players. You know, I think we get guys that want to play hard and 
you know, uh, Coach Boz has been putting some good lineups together. And, you know, it's we got me and Arturo 4-5, and we got – we got well, there's a lot of runs produced between me and him. So it's tough. It's a good – he puts some lineups together, and, you know, we go out there and we hit the ball. And Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how does it feel hitting uh, in a lineup that kind of feels so deep and really has a nice middle of that lineup as well? How's it felt to hit in that lineup? It's amazing, you know, having having some cover like Arturo behind you and, you know, Figueroa, he's good too. He's right there. Um, and then I got Shaney Felt at the leadoff spot getting on base for me. And, you know, it's all it's – a, it's a well-oiled machine right now. The, yeah, the pain, you, guys, you guys have definitely been well for about two years now as well so yeah. but uh you guys you know big goals as well you talked about that you know are you is it are the rumblings happening in the clubhouse yet of you know can we go back to back what's it going to look like you know where's the vibes right now yeah no definitely it's been talked about especially since we we clinched the first half last night pretty much um and uh you know I, i'd say we had better pitching last year but you never know the the guys you're picking up halfway through. And, you know, I remember the team we had last year definitely wasn't the team we started with, you know, and it's, it just happens. It's just part of it. And, you know, guys get to their innings limit and their school ball coaches call them back and it just happens. But, you know, I, I think the offense is the where it needs to be. You know, it's just missing a few pieces on the pitching side, but um, nothing that's not doable. That's kind of the kind of the name of the game here in the prospect league, what you just described right there. But, you know, looking at that, you know, how exciting was it? You know, I haven't sat down with you or any of the paints uh, in terms of that championship. So just give me your thoughts as a returning guy of how, you know, exciting that championship was for you guys last year. It it really was something amazing because you never you never really do that in summer ball. You're never the team that mm. when ends up doing that. And it's, you know, so it was just cool. It was just a great experience overall and to win it in Chillicothe there were so many people there ringing their cowbells and it was it was just great overall amazing experience yeah and you've taken some travel now two years with the paints as well so I'll get some more fun questions for you here of you know looking around the league looking at what you've been able to see outside of you know VA Memorial Stadium what is your favorite place that you think you like to play here in the prospect league i like uh i like playing at the aviators field um the thrillville thrillville's field was nice too though but it's i'd say probably between those two yeah Loeb seems to get a lot of the answers in this league it seems to be the the cream of the crop but i think those those two new ones down there in, in jackson and marion are doing a real good real good job down there as well in terms of stadium vibes but and then outside of our league you know what is a place that you know you might call your field of dreams so all right lobe and va those are nice but what's a place you know whether it's a college stadium or whether it's your back home little league field that you would love to play a game on in your career oh i like uh the rubber ducks field in akron wow that's an just interesting always, one yeah i mean it was always just that was kind of the spot. If if we were going to watch a game, that's where my parents would take me. It'd be the to the Rubber Ducks. Got to play on there once or twice, and it was just I don't know. It's just it's the place. It's the it's nostalgic place. Nice moment. Yeah, absolutely. Mostly we're getting you know the Wrigley's and the Yankee stadiums and all that stuff, and you hit yeah. me with the Rubber Ducks. 
<laughs> with just good yeah. old minor league rubber duck fire. I love that, Tim. That's good. So I just got one more question for you in terms of, you know, what you're looking at, you know, this season and stuff, you know, as your season progresses, you know, what are you looking to do the rest of the way to maybe grab another hit of the week? Or what are you looking to do? Um, just have a little fun um, the rest of the season game. You've already clinched. So, you know, what is your, your kind of goals or your mindset the rest of the way? I'm just going to try and keep chugging along. Um, yeah, I think it's just, we're all down here as hitters to get at bats this season. And that's just what I'm going to keep doing. I think, you know, maybe, maybe try and change some things and try some different approaches, you know, never know, but you know, I'll just keep plugging away here. Yeah. But keep, keep chugging along on a shirt and find that in the paints clubhouse somewhere. That's how you mm. can put it the rest of the way. All right, Tim, I got one more thing for you and it's just an open slot for you. I, I let everyone who comes in and grabs a, a hitter or a pitcher of the week, have a moment to, Hey, thank a few of your teammates, shout out somebody in your organization. Thank your parents, whatever you want to do uh, as your final thoughts here in the prospect league podcast. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, shout out to the teammates. It's been, it's been fun so far and, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. And, uh, you know, shout out my family, my girlfriend. She's not having very much fun with me being away, but I appreciate her very much and I love her. So I appreciate you having me on too. This was, yeah. you know, this was fun. It's always fun to come on a podcast and, um, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining me. We'll click interview here on the Prospect League podcast. But Tim, good luck with the rest of your season. Hopefully keep crushing the cover of that baseball. And maybe we'll talk again if you grab another good week. But thanks so much for joining me. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Dan Merkel and Tim Orr for joining me on the Prospect League podcast. Before we wrap up, let's do what we always do and look at three things you need to know about the Prospect League heading into this week, the first week of the second half of the season. We'll head backwards first as LSU won the NCAA Division I Baseball National Championship last week with a Game 3 victory in the College World Series Finals as Prospect League and Danville Dan alumni Gavin Dugas and Paxton Kling were crowned national champions, including Dugas being named to the College World Series All-Tournament team at second base, just one of 11 players to get that distinction during this season. He just had a fantastic, both of them did, helping lead LSU to that national championship. On Thursday, the Prospect League will feature its sixth free game of the week this season and the first of the second half as the Johnstown Mill Rats will host the Champion City King at Champion City's Kings at 7 p.m. Eastern. You don't need to log in. You do not need a subscription. You can always just click and watch the Prospect League TV free game of the week. So make sure you check that out. We make it easier for you when you head the day of to the Prospect League website at prospectleague.com. The link is always there right on the front page for you to watch the free game of the week. And there's lots of exciting news, as always, coming out for the Prospect League this week. So make sure you're on the lookout on our social media channels and at prospectleague.com. And as always, we will name our, on Wednesday, Players of the Week again here in the Prospect League. That is the armcare.com Pitcher of the Week and the Baseball Notes Bulletproof Hitter of the Week. We'll do that on Wednesday, as always, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. But I want to thank you for joining me again here on the Prospect League Podcast. We are on to the race here in the second half. Can you believe that the season is halfway over? I can't, but we've got a lot of baseball still left to play, and I'm looking forward to it. So make sure you're checking out prospectleague.tv. Make sure you're heading to Prospect League games across our 17 teams. And thank you for joining me for another edition here of the Prospect League Podcast. Until next time, I'm Lucas Burris, signing off on the Prospect League Podcast.